Let's do it. I think your bedazzled jeans are too tight. Okay, you can use some of our American Express miles to get your tickets. Here are shot top. I love Budweiser. This is a birthday party, right? And not me, because I'm... Dude, that's a sea of people back there. So, folks, we are worldwide. Oh, is that Paul? Listen up. No, I don't think so. You better start noticing. Poor son. Feels good. Yeah, they're not done yet, Mike. Oh, I'm sorry. I cut them off. By, by all means, applaud us. This does feel good, though, doesn't it? Yeah, man, it's nice. Coming in live from the solarium <laughs> over here at uh, Casa de Benson. Uh, we were on the precipice of going to Doug's, but he has the COVID. Yeah, he's got the vid. Paul sounds like he does, but he tested negative. We're I all did. good here. And I've somehow, in two years of being neck deep in COVID rooms and people, I have somehow not ever gotten it knocking on the wooden table here. But That's pretty amazing. I yeah I well let's let's be real Paul I very well may have had it I just didn't have symptoms and never tested positive yeah. let's put it that way but yeah. I have you never, never had a reason to go get tested no. well I've gotten tested a bunch when you know like um, if I was going to go travel or visit like my well, wife's they, family and stuff but do they test you just randomly anyway or not no, no. they don't want to know to be honest with yeah. you if you're not symptomatic work don't want to know because we're short on nurses everywhere so. Uh, they just kind of turn a blind eye, but no, we don't get tested unless you start popping symptoms or if you're a close contact, like your kid has it or your mom or wife or whatever, Okay, they usually will um, swab you just to make sure. But other than that, no. Nah. And Joanne hasn't, knocked on wood, hasn't had it either. So uh, I've never really had any reason at work to get tested. So Well, that's the show. That's it. All right. Let's go talking to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. So, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it is good. So, me and Paul uh, met up for lunch, well, I I guess dinner or something, I don't know, a month or two ago. Uh, Where was it? Is that the, well, was that our home base at the old Lewis. home team? Home team. Well, we, we, no, we, we yeah. did have lunch there, but we this part of We met Ben at Lewis. Yeah, and we had lunch together, too, one day. But uh, it was after a tying class I taught over there at uh, Old Fin and Feather. That's right. And then uh, we went and had a beer, and we decided... A, that like we do every time we see each other, we need to do this again. But B, that we were going to be structured uh, individuals. Yeah. So now we have on our calendars the second Wednesday of every month we are going to record. And it doesn't matter who it is. It could be me by myself. It's going to be somebody. Somebody's going to be recording. So uh, today it is me and Paul. Uh, Today. 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 Uh, Doug is not here, like we mentioned, the vid. And, and Travis is working like most people do. Yeah, most people in the mid- middle of the day on a Wednesday are working. So, yeah, so it was me and Paul. Uh, but we got some cool things for you. Uh, we got a bunch of topics we're going to talk about. And then uh, we've uh, <laughs> we've got some commercials. And uh, we're going to call and talk to uh, the Rummels. Um, those of you who don't know the Rummels will be introduced shortly. They live down in the Keys and kind of tied into that game down there. Um, That that game. Shonda Rumble, she's uh, also behind a lot of the big tournaments that go on in the Keys, from the Women's Tarpon Tournament to 
I think the uh, which one was the the Lucerne or one of them? She was uh, or Swamp God Ball. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah, I know the Ladies Tarpon Tournament. I'm not familiar with the other stuff. I think but. she helped out with the Lucerne last year. I don't think she was running that one, but I think she was in there. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, she's she's tied into that whole community. So we're going to chat with them. They're really cool people, um, and they'll be a lot of fun to talk to. And you met them when you go down there every summer, I take it? Well, yeah, but I mean, I met them uh, through well, one of our topics today about social media. I, I met Rob through an older form of social media back in the day, uh, <laughs> fly fishing social media that you kids now, you may not know this, they were called message boards. Yeah, they're still big in the skiff world. Are they big in the skiff world? Well, like oh, micro yeah. skiff, that, yeah. that's the only one that I know of. Yeah, I guess that one's still up and running. Tr- the whole truth's still good. Like boat guys like to get on there and share. It's a good place to share information, but they're not nearly as prevalent like they used to be. Like, yeah. They used to be like warring factions, like, oh, you're on that board. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah it, totally divisive. <laughs> On what country you live in, yeah, so what state. We are going to talk about that later, but that's where I met Rob. And then, of course, uh, through my going down there to the glades and stuff, we he's met up with us and uh, fished with us a little bit. Mostly just hung out and drank beer and shot the shit with us. But through that, we developed a little bit of a friendship and, and got to know these guys, and they're really cool. So we're going to introduce you to them today. Um, but, yeah, how you been, Paul? Other than- good, good. Yeah. Real good. Just uh, I've actually kind of been on and off sick since Christmas. Uh Oh, that whole game, like everyone else, seems to be having something. And it's funny, since this whole thing started, I haven't been sick in like two and a half years. But yeah. uh, having a baby that just turned <laughs> one, and she goes to her little nanny every now and then that has three other babies. So the, the process has started. Like Will Abbott, uh-huh. anytime you call Will, it's a 50% <laughs> chance on whether he'll answer the phone. But if he texts you back, it's usually, I'm sick. I'm not answering the phone. So uh-huh. he's like sick half the time now because he's got two little ones. Yeah. So I'm entering that portal of probably sick half the time they're germ bombs man yeah that's so only time i same thing i haven't had a cold even in like two years because you know we wear masks everywhere we wash our hands we do all the things but uh mm. around thanksgiving my brother-in-law brought his two kids down and, we, and i was working thanksgiving my wife was kind of hosting thanksgiving here and they have a three-year-old and a one-year-old and of course the kids are out in the back and i come home from work and we had a little fire in the back fire pit and, uh, you know, you're loving on the kids, right? you picking them up and hugging on them. And the little one-year-old had a snotty face. But when does a one-year-old not have a snotty face? Uh, yeah, that little shit. He gave me one of the worst colds I've had. <laughs> and I don't know if it was, like, the worst cold I've had but or it just felt bad because I haven't had a cold in so yeah, long. I forgot I think what, that's it. I forgot what being sick was like. <clears throat> but, yeah, I was my head was just producing ungodly amounts of snot for, like, a week. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I just couldn't stop. It was bad. So, yeah, other than that, man, it's been uh, – had a few little projects going on. I think the last time we, we were here, um, Jay was here. Yeah, yeah. And I was, like, in full, like, van mode. Yeah. Which, <coughs> which I haven't really been in van mode in a while. I still have everything I need to finish, but I kind of got in this guitar project. I, started, I saw that. started building a guitar from a kit with the idea of the main purpose of it, being able to put any artwork I want to on the guitar. Because if you buy a guitar off the shelf, it has lacquer and – you can't really add art to it. It's going to be on the outside mm-hmm. film of the guitar, and it'll eventually get worn away. So I wanted to sand it down, paint it, whitewash it, do my art, and then develop that outer layer to protect it. So that's the whole point of me doing it, and just to see if I can make a guitar. Yeah. So the next step is going to be getting a router and actually cutting it out how I want to and routing it out and with the purpose of selling these custom guitars for people want to tarpon on it let's get crazy with the tarpon let's do a scene on the back but the not crazy with, I'm, I'm only gonna do like three to four a year that's the idea i'm not like oh. becoming a guitar maker 
Well, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because all the components and stuff are really just, yeah, you're just buying a, in a box, right? A fun yeah. little side project I can do on the weekends where That's I literally a, yeah. tell someone it's going to be four months. Yeah. Hey, you, know? you want it? Sure. Yeah. So it's going to be a minute. Been doing that lately. It's been fun. I'm kind of fine tuning the neck. Necks on guitars are real weird the way they bend and move and breathe. And uh, I'm still kind of figuring this one out because I'm used to getting a guitar where someone's already done that for you. Yeah. So there's definitely a little bit of give and take. You kind of have to get it. Right. I mean, I think I'm going to take it to Chris Wilson's dad. He's a luthier and just kind of have him get after it yeah. instead of me tackling it every day. I hear you. Yeah. So that's been my little project as of recently. Nice, man. Well, I saw, I've been following, I've been seeing it on the old Instagram. I knew you were messing with that. Yeah. But, and yeah. you're still messing with your boat. Yeah. Final uh, stages to some no, degree. No, we're not in the final Come stages. Come on. No, man. It'll never be finished. Uh, no. So um, <clears throat> I got to go get another beer. You're fine. Uh, yeah, so the, the the boat project really has been like, um, you know, kind of moving slow, and it's been moving slow kind of on purpose. Me and the, and the guy helping me out with the paint part of it have kind of had an agreement where I'm not in a hurry, and he's not made it a super priority. But, um, yeah, so right now, as she sits, the last time I saw her, she was fully primed, uh, fully sanded down to like 200-and-something grit. I don't know how smooth you got to get it. But it was down. Um, he had to completely rebuild all of my non-skid uh, segments because uh, they were in pretty bad shape. So we completely built all that back up. Um, we filled a bunch of holes of stuff I'm not going to use anymore. Um, all that jazz. Uh, also got some custom welders in there. Uh, I've got a brand new platform custom built to my specs on the back. I, I don't. I never really liked the old Hughes platforms the way they hang off the back of the transom. So I brought the platform up onto the back, uh, of, you know, on the back of the boat, and that required some custom placement. And then uh, going to have some just, you know, nice things like a backrest, a retractable backrest on there, uh, just some little comfort creature comforts that didn't mm-hmm. exist in 1995. And then um, might as well make it like you like it. Exactly. Had them build me a custom casting platform, which the old Hughes casting platforms were like. So the the Hughes boats have a triangular front hatch, and uh, it's fine, but the casting platform has to fit on that hatch because there's nowhere else to put the legs and still be able to access your hatch. So the old Hughes platforms are always these kind of wide triangles and they're not bad, but they're not exactly what I want. You can't get like a stripping bucket on them or anything like that. So what we did was I had them custom build me one where the leg pattern is in the triangle, but the cap on it, the top of the actual um, casting platform is more the shape of the old pro trim style platforms and i got about a 15 inch rise up off the deck so pretty tall um but and when you open up that hatch it just opens up it it looks really good um i'm excited about it so all that's being getting done it's just you know when you're building stuff custom and you're bouncing back and forth like hey does this look right like nah nah needs to be adjusted a little this way or that way you know that stuff takes time and um the guy that's doing it for me man uh he's doing a great job i can't wait to uh Show her off. It's supposed to, as we're talking right now, he was saying he was going to be spraying the color today um, and tomorrow. Well, let's call him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, let's call him make sure he's doing his job. But uh, he got COVID last week, and then a couple of his guys started popping positive, so he shut his shop down for the week uh, just to be on the safe side. And, Say again uh, his name and shop so people here in Charleston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's On The Fly Skiff, uh, Skiff Works, On The Fly Skiff Shop, I think. On The Fly Skiff Shop, that's it. And uh, Martin is uh, Martin Little is his name. Uh, he's new in the game, and just we'll send him an invoice for this advertising. Oh yeah, right yeah, you got to pay for this kind of advertising. But he's doing a great job, and like I said, um, in no way am I uh, worried about the timeline. I, I told him I wasn't in a hurry, and, and we've been working together. He's very, very good. 
Um, and his work is impeccable, so it's kind of hard to bitch about anything when you see what he's capable of doing. So I'm hoping uh, in the next week or so, have the paint on there, let it cure out. I got to gotta buy a new motor. I don't know if we talked about that last time. I was hoping to... You've talked to me about it. Yeah, I was hoping to salvage the old 90, but I took her. I took the block apart, and it was just corroded all up in there. Oh, that's right, yeah. And the lower unit shot, and I just, I, I could fix it. I'm not going to fix it. Yeah. So I sold it off to my buddy who's got one. For he, parts. Yeah, he's going to scrap it for parts. Well, not scrap it. He's going to take all he wants off of it and then scrap the rest of it. And um, I'm just going to have to buy a new one. So that's the other thing. Once uh, the paint's done, i got to order a brand-new motor. Plus side, I'll have a brand-new motor. Yeah. Negative side, I have to buy a brand it's new called motor. Opening the wallet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's called Honey. Um, uh, I f- didn't know this was going to be part of this. Is, yeah. that your, is that your white cat out there? No, I know. No, my cats are indoor cats. Okay. I've ran them out. Is that there. a nemesis cat of these two indoor uh, cats? I don't know. They've never had any chance to interact, but like, there's, I got a white one that comes in here. There's another black and white one, and then there's a gray one. That's kind of why I didn't want my cats roaming outside because there's a, this neighborhood swarmed with like just outside cats yeah and i just i don't know what kind of cat trouble they can get in together but i don't want it so my cats stay in the house you know i just it's my thing joanne hates it she just thinks cats should be left to roam but i never understood that like you would never in your life let your dog just roam around a neighborhood like that would never be acceptable but with cats everybody's like oh it's perfectly fine there's a 10 percent chance you're gonna see in the street dead i know and it's like, like how like as a responsible pet owner i just don't see like how you can like, I think if I you know. find a cat, like if you didn't have a cat here and you found one in your backyard and you adopted it. And it was already outdoors. And you fed it and it, you, it became your pet and it started liking the inside. I think I think you have to still let it outside because yeah. it's, it's an outdoor cat. My cats, I got them as kittens and they were always <clears throat> indoor cats. They don't know any different. And they, they're happy as shit. They're fine. Now, if I lived down in the country or had a barn or some shit, yeah, I'd have my cats outside working for a living. But like, yeah. I don't. I live in a. You don't. I no. live in suburbia. I don't want my cat wandering around. You're in the city. Yeah. So, let's give a shout out to Doug for his Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, he finally won one. Yeah. Uh, was it 40, 41 years between championships? Mexico. Yeah. yeah. I don't have his little Georgia thing on here. Believe it or not. Yeah, and Doug refuses to watch the game with anybody. He's always been that way. He watches his games alone at home in his living room. Well, this time he had to because he had the COVID. So he was. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure that was an interesting scene. Doug probably just alternating between crying and, you know, in the fetal position on the floor and and screaming and yelling. I can only imagine. It had to have been a mess of emotions over there. Just yeah. I mean, I got absolute. I got the text and they were. My love yous and yeah. some tears. Some tears might have hit the floor. Oh yeah, you know it, man. I can just imagine, man. It'd be yeah. like I can't even. Oh, I get to see him in his bedazzled jeans, just dancing around his house, and just it's crazy. And he would, if he was here right now, he would tell you how he went elk hunting in late September mm-hmm. to Montana, and he had very tough conditions, and he did not get an elk, but he had. He was so proud of those guys, as he told me, like so proud of himself and those guys for how they walked. And mm-hmm. well, I think he said they he walked around thirty miles in a few days and just never had a good chance at a good shot. And uh, yeah, he had a lot. Of, he had a really good trip. He had like three weeks out in Montana. Drove, yeah, drove out there and he's kind of started doing that, right? Like making that yeah. kind of an event thing. Yeah. They fished the Missouri for like a week and then they hunt for a week. Yeah, that's badass. Yeah, and it, honestly, I got buddies that do like him that do that every year, and and they go out there, and it's more often than not that you don't kill one. Yeah, which you know, if you got the money to play that game, that's awesome. I just, 
that's a lot of money for something to be a 50-50 shot on yeah. a return. Not that killing one is the whole purpose. It's not. But yeah. it, it, it helps. I, I think he's skipping <laughs> out next year and doing the Baracha tournament with me again in Texas. Oh, yeah, the, the Baracha or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's out in Houston or whatever. South Port O'Connor. Port O'Connor, yeah. Yeah. Port O'Connor. Um, yeah. So, and I've I've had a bunch of stuff. I mean, we both have since last time we did this was like September, maybe. Yeah, I don't remember. Was whenever. it even then? I might have been earlier than that. Whenever Jay was around, I don't remember. Um, um, yeah, so a lot has happened since then. Uh, and I've, I'm going to go dive in later into the Jackson Hole one fly that I went to in September. Yeah. And then we had a good season of October tailing. Uh, we had the tournament, which you missed out on a lot of the stuff because you were working. Yeah, there was an uh, another big outbreak right in there. Yeah. And so I was I was pinned down. That but, whole that whole last part of the tailing season, I was pretty well and once again self imposed isolation. But we had Taylor's ball though at Cooper River Brewery. I did swing by there and say you got hi. presented a little. I, I did a little placard. It was ridiculous and unnecessary. But well, I, you I, have to I help decide who gets the one next year. I get I got it hanging on my wall up in my tying room. I'm proud well, of it. I'm happy because with you it. won. Not, not you won, but you're going to help be involved. And in, basically, it's an award that goes to someone that just sets out a good vibe in Charleston. A good like. Yeah, I do badass shit. I like to have fun too. Yeah, like, uh, but yeah, that was the basis of it. Just, cool. Uh, and the tournament went well. It was tough tide conditions. Like literally for like a month, the tides were trending a foot high. So we had, I think, like a set five eight. But we were like, man, it's going to be five six five six six. Ended up being like a five eight. Yeah. So it kind of sucked. Uh, but that's what makes the best fishermen happen. You know, like. Guys still caught fish. It wasn't a problem. Yeah. The wind kind of sucked. It was kind of weather. But sun was out. Thighs were out. People had fun. Yeah, and that's, that's really what it gets down to. I'm a super competitive guy. Uh, I haven't fished a lot of tournaments, but when I do, I always feel like stress when I'm on the water. But sometimes at some point when you're just not catching, you just don't give a fuck anymore. You just ride around and have a yeah. good time. It is what it is. Yeah. We did uh, a lot of just dicking around I like a lot of pictures. boat and a lot of, a lot of boats tied up drinking beer keith was here yeah which i in my older age man i swear sometimes like you know when the tide's right and i and i know there's fish in a certain spot or whatever i fish hard i, I do well you'll have those two hours where you fish yeah, hard exactly where it means something but i am much more like especially when i go places like the glades or if i go down to the keys or whatever like you don't have to talk me into it too hard to just go for a boat ride and just because yeah. I just want to see what's over there. Hey, yeah. I want to see what that island looks like. Yeah. Are there fish there? Fuck if I know, but I, I want to go look at it. Especially like, day one. Yeah, because you, know, you got the you got six more, five more days, and you're like, man, let's just let's cruise around. By day three, you're like, you don't want to do more fucking around. You want to like actually yeah. know where you want to go. Yeah, and then that's it, man. I, I just like I like cruising around the boat and looking at shit and you know yeah. covering ground. That, that's a lot of fun to me. And even here, like whenever I'm not doing hot or after my two hours of prime tide is over, you know, I've been known to just ride around and just eyeball shit. Like, I've never been up this creek. Let's see where it goes. You know, that kind That's of That's kind of my problem. Being being someone that lived here for almost 10 years without a boat, I'm yeah. so used to going in everyone's boat to their, their spots. Yeah. So when I finally get a boat a year and a half ago, I'm so just inclined to go into, you know, Harry's spot, your spot. This spot I've found. I don't do a lot of just randomly going yeah. somewhere where I've never been. It just I need to get more into that mindset because I just find myself being lazy in the word because I'm just like, yeah. why wouldn't I go there? I know there's fish there. Oh no, I know. Well, and I think one way, like back in the day, and what'll happen? 
one of the main reasons I'm building this boat is I'm going to have a trolling motor on and that kind of thing. And, and that's not super helpful when you're fly fishing. But one of the ways I found a lot of the places I fly fish was back in the day, we would just go out on any day, uh-huh. like whatever the tide was. We didn't give a shit. And we would just run a trolling motor up and down huge swaths of yeah. banks. We'd be like, look, let's just work from this area to that area. And eventually area. you're going to see a push. And- you're going to find some fish here <laughs> and there along the way. You're going to cover a lot of dead ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and you run a trolling motor or a pole if it's too shallow to run a trolling motor, depending on the case. But either way, you cover water. Um, and then you know you can say okay there's some fish on this bank or that bank and then you kind of zero in on them like well if they're here on low tide you know is there any good tailing shit nearby that they might move up on or whatever you know um, so one of my goals it's getting really crowded around town in Charleston and you know I think it's like anything it waxes and wanes and there'll be a time where it slows down but I think one of my goals is I'll be looking south like starting fishing south of yeah. us where it's still relatively quiet down there but I don't know that area, so it's gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go back to my roots and drop the damn trolling motor one by myself and just cover water and just. I don't want to say on the microphone what you're talking about, but I think you know. Yeah, I think I know because I haven't been where you're. Th- I think you're talking about in a long time. Well, I mean, really, unless I'm gonna fish, Soul agrees a 20 minute drive for me. Um, unless I'm gonna fish in the harbor, you know, Mount Pleasant or any of that stuff up north is an hour for me. Yeah. So an hour for me to the other direction. I can be in all that other yeah. stuff. And so the, for me, it's like, I'm going to drive that anyway. I might as well yeah. hit stuff that I, you know, learn something new. And have a pretty good chance that someone's not going to be in your spot. Yeah. And, it, and it's such a different area. The water's different. The fish are a little different. So yeah. it'll, it'll be a learning curve, but now I'll have a boat big enough to cross big water and, and move long distance runs if I need to. And, and that makes a big difference. I couldn't do that in the mud cricket. Like the mud cricket was very much like, you cricket. You needed to know where you were going. And then you'd usually get your ass kicked on the way there or on the way home. Yeah. And, yeah. I just, you know, it, it deterred a lot of adventuring. Cause you're going to have like, a Cadillac now, boy. Oh, yeah, baby. And it'll limit me. On, like, I can't poke yeah. my head up every tiny little creek, but I can yeah. I can cover a lot of big banks. I can cover a lot of stuff. And, um, you know, whatever, man. I'm excited about it. I'm, yeah. I really am. And, uh, you know, but I got to get it done first. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I got a lot to do before I can go on a boat ride. But I'm So excited. you said we're going to call them about four. We could either do one more little topic and squeeze in a whole other segment. And then stop and then call them at four. Or what should we do? Should we elongate? I, th- I think... Uh, or we I, could text them and see if they could go. Oh, he probably could do it earlier. But I think maybe we uh, wrap up our little intro here, come back in, do a topic section, talk yeah. about some of the things we got down here to talk about, and then uh, maybe do the rumbles in the third. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then we'll, So we'll just make the next section a little shorter than normal. Yeah, yeah, it works. We I got mean, this. We I know that I got to get out of here at 445, so we got to kind of expat this thing. We got it, man. We got it. All right. It's just two people. It's half the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we can all only right. talk so much. We'll be right back at you. Now on Barely Live, we're bringing you an exclusive deal. Now, that's what I call fly tying music. That's right, Mike. On this year's fly tying music of 2022, we've got such fly tying rock and roll bands as Royal Wolf, Parachute and the Adams, and now with Johnny Schloppin. Them dumbbell eyes keep staring at me. And I don't know why, but I need you. 
That's right, folks. We got all the recent 2022 hits from flat tire bands, such as Totally Tarpin and Clouser Wowser, and the latest from Three Yacht Shorty. You tied it so good, tied it so right. When you finish up, just don't crowd the eye. When you finish up, just don't crowd the eye. When you finish up, don't crowd the eye. Don't crowd the eye. That's right, and that's not all. We also have Big Eye and the Fly Ties, followed up by George Straightened Hook. You look so good on the vice. Fisher wants you. It's easy to see. You look so good on the vice. Can't wait to take the fish on me. Now hurry up and get your orders then. There's only like four copies. So the first four people to call in get one. Continue listening to Barely Live for more hit songs on Now That's What I Call Fly Time Music. <laughs> Fire escape to her room and got stone raging blind. Left my money in the trusting hands of them old steel brothers in thrash grass band. One day I'm gonna drive up there and give them half my mind. I don't know if it's the wine or the coke. Like her jaw is broke. She's working hard to make. This is run by humans, Michael. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh. This is not robots. No, we 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 are prone to error. Oh. Better start noticing. Yeah, so we're doing all right with two little skeleton crew here. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, some we've done this before. We we tried that right brain retrieve thing there for a while. Yeah. Uh, I think next time we'll try to maybe do it later in the day so Travis can make it. Yeah, like yeah. Five o'clock. We can accommodate for sure. Like I said, uh, we just we're just taking a swing at. It. I'm happy with what we've gotten accomplished today, though. So yeah. Um. So you wanted to open up with fly yeah. fishing news? I just found like some industry news that I thought was interesting. Now, I tried to kind of get more like AFTA stuff, which I think is probably more accurate. Yeah. Because um, they work more with the shops and the dealers and the manufacturers. So I don't know. And this could have come from there. I don't know where this info is. I was just more intrigued by it. Like, first of all, I'm intrigued how they get all this data in in research. Uh, retail sales and online fly fishing retailers have increased since the pandemic. So, and I've just also heard that Orvis has sold more fly rods this year than last year, and last year was like a record year. Huh. And so all these manufacturers are just selling out of gear left and right and if you think about it too let's let's think about like back in 1992 when river runs through it came out yeah, like yeah. that was known as the big bubble that burst mm-hmm. or grew i guess is the better way to say it that was almost 30 years ago think oh, about God, all, yeah, think about all the people that ago. got into it then and in a sense have had kids and those kids are now like basically that whole track has doubled yeah. all those people mm-hmm. that got into the sport back then and you, you probably lose 50% of those people that mm. they kind of get into it as a fad or whatever. Peter but, out, yeah. But we're back into that now with 
any you know with Yellowstone going on, people want to go out west and they want to fish mm. and so the bubble is totally blown up as far as how many people are buying gear. That's crazy. And uh, I mean, look at boat manufacturers. I mean, uh, oh yeah, you have a two to five year wait list on just about any boat that you want to get. People like, are selling whip rays for forty grand. I know that's a twenty five year old boat. Because if you called Hell's Bay and had them build you one. It would take you two years on a list before they even started. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 spitballing number Hell's Bay, so don't call me. I don't know what your wait list looks like, but I know that a lot of major boat manufacturers are on really long wait lists. Um, the, there's a local one I do know this for a fact. Uh, Freeman Boatworks. Now these guys build million dollar offshore mm-hmm. go fast boats. There's a two year waiting list. You have to pay a, a holding fee to even get on the waiting list. Guys are selling their spots in line for big money. That's crazy. And, you know, and you're standing in line, mind you, to pay somebody a million dollars. Yeah. Like, it's not like you're standing in line to get something for free. Like, I'm willing, you're willing to wait so that you can hand somebody a million dollars. Yeah. And you're paying them a large amount of money to guarantee your spot. That's nuts. Yeah. So, I mean, and I know a lot of skiff manufacturers are behind. They're a little quicker to manufacture, of course, than a giant big boat. But even them, they're like, you go to a boat lot, it's hilarious. Like, there's no boats on the boat lines. Because all of them are getting bought, which, you know, when you live in a coastal town like this, is a nightmare. Because not all those guys are fishermen. It's not like yeah. it really matters on the fishing side. But that's all that boat traffic. I mean, there's you can't go out there and have, like, a peaceful day on the water very often. Yeah. I mean, there's constantly boats going by, constantly drunk assholes. And, and that, and that has know. a lot to do with the pandemic. Families stuck yeah. together and families did family things. That's get in the car, drive out west. Let's, get, let's go buy a boat. Yeah. and so yeah. Which is great. I, it, yeah. Part of me feels like an asshole saying that because those are great, healthy things to do. But think but, you're going to start seeing a lot of boats for sale on a boat. Oh year. yeah, yeah. Once the world gets back to normal, yeah. so, a lot of folks are going to realize that keeping up with a boat is uh, expensive. But what's interesting too, this study says from 2000 to 2019, fly fishing grew 100,000 people. Like, I don't, how did they get that number? I don't know. But yeah, 2019 Surveys, to 2020 maybe? is probably it's probably 200,000 people. It's probably that much more. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe surveys like when did you start fly fishing? These are kind of funny stats. So two percent of all Americans went fly fishing last year. <laughs> Like, oh. like I would love to know like what they call a fly fishing. Yeah, fly fishing. Exactly. Uh, there's a total of seventy six point seven million fly fishing trips last year. So, okay. like, I don't, you know, Is that whatever. all guide trips. Well, guides have to report their yeah, trips yeah. and stuff, so that could be easier data to track. Totally. Really. Um, and the demographics aren't that interesting. I mean, basically, most the most people fly fishing are twenty five to thirty four. Surprise. And the income, the biggest income, of course, thirty four percent have a hundred thousand, and then the rest are just dirt bags that are fly fishing. <laughs> you know, like you and me, yeah. basically. Yeah. Education. Most of the people that fly fish have graduated college, huh. which I find interesting. Yeah. Um. Thirty four percent of people who fly fish did so four to eleven times, four to eleven times per year, and then you. You want to throw out a, num- out a number what you think the fly fishing industry is worth? Now, it's more... This is 2019, so oh, right, let's yeah. just go with their number. Um, $10 billion? <laughs> That's what we all want to think, Michael. Yeah, no, it's not that big. <laughs> that's, what, that's what everyone that is not in the industry probably... Billions, would. billions and billions. It's $750 million. Yeah, and so I was like only 933, 900, $300 million. Yeah. I don't know, something... But, I guess that's just if you collect all the manufacturers and, like, what yeah. is that number? What is that number? Is yeah. Well, I mean, I think, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. That makes um, sense. But still, $750 million is a lot of money. It's not like we're playing that down. 
you want me to listen and list the top ten reasons why people like fly fishing? Oh, I do. I number. I'll, I'll start from ten and then work to one. Yeah, yeah. Experience the solitude. Not on our flats. I'm no, not, not anymore. Thanks to your assholes <laughs> <Yeah>. joining. <laughs> Develop my skills and abilities. All right. Okay. Experience excitement and adventure. Only if you're good. Be with people who enjoy the same things I do. You can do that at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> now, this one's pretty funny. I guess it pertains mainly to Western people hiking in and that sort of thing. Keep physically fit. Oh, uh, yeah. You, you want to lose your phys- fitness. Yeah. Go flats fishing Here's for a beer. <laughs> Stand up on that <laughs> boat platform. Yeah, standing's the hardest thing you're going to do all day. Yeah, I like to say when I get back, babe, I worked. I mean, I'm pulling a boat isn't, is not easy. That's <laughs> tough. I needed them seven beers to keep yeah. me hydrated. Get away from the usual demands. That's pretty yeah, high up there. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Observe scenic beauty. Okay. Gotcha. Enjoy the sounds and smells of nature. That's oddly specific. Pluff mud. <laughs> Is that really one? No. Oh, that'd be but better. But that's the smell one. of yeah, nature. Yeah, that's the smell of nature, baby. That's like nature's fart. Yeah. <laughs> but it smells good. It does. I know I'm home. Like, that's my smell that uh-huh. tells me I'm home. Go across a bridge. Yeah, because if you live anywhere in Charleston proper, like in down lower Charleston, not Somerville or wherever the fuck. Yeah. Um, you have to cross a bridge to get to your house. Yeah. One bridge or two that or whatever. first one. You get that whiff. Yeah. And that's that's like, it comes through your vents if you got your windows up or if you got your windows down. It just, oh man, you're home. That puff yeah. mud welcomes you back. Just like, welcome home. Smells it like is. shit, but this is where you live. Totally. I love it. Be close to nature, which is kind of the same. Yeah, this is, I feel like this is going three. by percentages, by the way. Like, uh, I guess gotcha. they probably had like a bunch of options and people check mark these. Yeah. Number one, be with family and friends. Oh, okay. I mean, in a general aspect, I guess, you yeah. know. This, uh, we kind of talk about this. I, I think the older I get, the the more the social aspect plays into it. Yeah. I, I think me Absolutely. hanging out with my buddies is more. A reason for me now than than it used to be. Yeah. It used to be I didn't give a fuck. I was going by myself or wherever because I was just angry at fish and I wanted mm-hmm. to catch them all and you know bring, enjoy the solitude. Yeah, enjoy the solitude. I still do like to be alone <clears throat> sometimes, mm-hmm. but more often than not, like I really just enjoy hanging out on a boat with my buddies. So, you know. you want, my favorite one is number thirteen. Oh god, because it is cool. <laughs> oh god, in Charleston that'd be like hundred percent. Hundred percent of the people are only doing it because it's cool. Yeah, I don't know. Um. I'll just read a couple more, then I'm I'm done. Um, What is the most popular type of fishing, just in general? Fishing, not fly fishing. Bass fishing, hands down. 78% of people said freshwater fishing, so that's bass. Yeah, those bass guys own the market, man. 26% said saltwater. Saltwater's getting bigger, yeah. Yeah. That just shows you the people that live on the coast compared to the people that live inland. Yeah, well, there's just more freshwater available than there is saltwater. I mean, You want to guess the number of percentage of people that said fly fishing? Or that are fly fishing? Probably 10. 13.8. 13, yeah. It's got to be low in the scheme. 13% said both fresh and salt. Hmm. And 3% of fishermen in America fish freshwater, saltwater, and fly fish. Oh. We're, well, we're in that 3%. I'm in the 3%. I never thought I'd be in a... Does that mean you're in the... That's the 3 percentile. Yeah, we're in the I'm 3 percentile. I'm in the third percentile. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's I mean, that's it's interesting though. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. Like, I, I they had to have done a bunch of surveys mm-hmm. and then just tried to extrapolate that out over the population. Well, yeah, because if they're getting a number of hundred thousand people, then they're getting that from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's they would have had. It would, I mean, what they can do is they can survey. Say, mm-hmm. if they got ten thousand people to survey, 
And they take those averages and then extrapolate it over a larger, you know, yep. just they assume that, okay, these 10,000 people represent a good cross-section of the United States. So they can make a broad general statement of, oh, this must be the case if you make it 300 million people instead of 10,000, yep. you know. But, Michael, I like oh to God. fly fish. <laughs> I hate this thing. <laughs> I like to fly fish too, computer voice lady. The delay kills me. Michael, I like to fly fish. Have you ever fly fished? Once or twice, yeah. Maybe maybe four times a year. <laughs> this year, that's probably not far off. Do you have crabs? Yeah, of various forms. Minners. <laughs> Plenty of minners. <laughs> All right, so let's get on. Uh, you, you had a topic you were going to bring up, and then we got we got to be done in about 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, we got about 10 minutes. So we were kind of touching on it earlier. Uh, well, no, no, we're going to go on. So uh, favorite wintertime fishing. Now, me and you have lived in a lot, a few different places, and, and even without living there, we've traveled to fish even in the wintertime. So, like, what would you say this time of year, January, February, March, if you're going to go fishing and money's not an object, destination's not an object, or uh, money's not an obstacle, destination's not an obstacle, this time of year, right now, this cold, shitty time where, we're, you know, everybody's <coughs> stuck at home, what's your go-to? Where would you go right now if you had just could just go? So fish for a week or whatever. Yeah, living in Texas, this time of year, I would always go to the White River. Yeah. So I would bundle up, and I'd get my fingerless gloves, and I'd get my jackets and my shells and waders and everything I was going to wear under those waders and go to the White River and just try to catch big-ass trout. Yeah, yeah. So if I was to choose one thing, that's what I'd probably do right now. And that also brings back memories of my buddies in college, my dad. Yeah. And those fish push up that river in the winter, so you're more likely to catch, you know, a big 30-inch brown trout or, or whatever. So yeah. that's what I'd be doing right now if you asked me if I were to go, go anywhere. Yeah. Um, for me, like... Or do you mean, like, go somewhere tropical because you could you're go where, out of the winter? You could, you, you, I'll give you a two-part answer. Okay. Yeah, let's do a two-parts. One, if you're going to stay local. And stay fish, cold. If stay you're going to stay cold, and then one, if you're going to not be cold. Okay. So what was your not cold? That was your cold. Not be cold. Um, yeah. I would probably do, like, Argentina. It'd probably stay in the trout realm. Yeah, that's cool, man. I, that's fine. And then you get to get summer, like actual summer. Yeah, summer you're getting summer. Yeah, you could say that about New Zealand, too. Yeah, uh-huh. Anywhere in the southern hemisphere down there. Yeah, that's a good one. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Uh, I guess for me, man, like uh, if, if I was going to fish and stay cold, uh, musky, man, I think hanging out like with Alan and my buddies up there. I went and mm-hmm. done that a few years back and it's cold as shit. In Virginia? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And fishing those tail races and stuff up there and um, it's cold as crap but it was fun. You know, we turned some fish and, and I think that for me was enough in my wheelhouse. Like I really like that kind of type of fishing um, streamers and whatnot. For me, that's better than like I don't know, trout fishing unless you're fishing meat for trout. But um my all-time favorite thing to do this time of year, and the thing that I've done years and years and years in uh, over a lot of years in a lot of places, is go to the Bahamas for big bone fish. Like yeah. so, those big girls, those ten-plus pound fish in the Bahamas, which are not. How do you know they're female? I don't know if they are not. I always you just like call them. I just they call are, them big girls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they might be. Um, but those big ones, they tend to show up better in shallow water, anyways in the winter months so really g february march is kind of like prime time but um 
the downside is the weather's dicey in February, March, and yep. you don't know what you're going to get. You're going to get a lot of wind. You know that. And, and when's the last time you went and did that? Shit, last time. Two thousand. What is it? Twenty two now. It was probably two thousand. 14, 15. When you went across in the boat? It would have been 15. Oh, the last time I crossed in a boat was 2018. Okay. Okay. 2000-something so. like that. But I, last time I went on a bone fishing strictly yeah, trip, yeah. like, down there, we went to Ackland in, like, March 2000. Is that when you had the gas fumes in the been, Explorer? Yeah. That was the one <laughs> where I almost got all high and wanted to puke in the bag of the Explorer. But I, and I, we didn't find any big fish that trip. But I, I grew up traveling to Bimini. A lot as a kid. We had a family friend with a house there and still has a house. My, my family still goes there a lot. I haven't been in a number of years. But um, me and my dad and some of the guys that were involved in that would go down in the winter months. That's when we would do the work to the house because, uh, you know, if you needed a new porch or if you had to redo the roof or whatever, we would go down in the winter, just a guy's trip. And that's where I learned to really bonefish. And, and so most of the bigger bonefish I've found and caught have been in those winter months. You, now, you don't see numbers as much down there in those time that time of year, but size is there. And so, like, for I, me... I love those singles and doubles, big bones in the Bahamas, man. Yeah, and I think that's... And they're a challenging fish, man. That's one of the... Uh, they're not permit, but those bonefish i read some growth data, I think, from BTT, but those bonefish in the Bahamas, they grow uh, a lot slower than like the fish in the keys yeah. uh, traditionally did but those fish a, t- uh, a 10 pound bonefish on average is like 20 years old or something that's like, crazy they're old fish so like they're not dumb and especially when you're fishing them in islands like bimini that have been fished for <laughs> generations now um that fish probably seen some damn flies in his life <laughs> so i found some they're tricky i saw some article not that this has anything to do with that but kind of uh a guy caught a striper 20 years ago and had a tag on it so he reported that tag just got a letter in the mail like a couple weeks ago. Said Joe Schmo caught your same striper twenty years later, and it was like only thirty inches longer. Like he caught it small. Oh yeah, yeah. And that fish had to be at least twenty, twenty-one years old, and That's it was wild. like thirty-five inches. That's wild. Isn't that cool? It is cool. Uh, the only time I ever got a tagged fish that I got a report back on from DNR here, they do that with the redfish. Um, was it was not all that cool. Uh, I thought it would be way cooler. Caught this fish. It was tagged. Somebody caught it before me, like the year before. Yeah. In the exact same spot that I caught. <laughs> I mean, like well, within like 10 yards of where it was caught. And well, I was like. How many years later? Like how long? It was later? only like a year, but I mean, it, that fish had been <laughs> caught a number of times, but all of them were like within a mile radius of where I caught it. Don Gable, I think, caught a permit five years later in the same spot. Yeah. And they had tracked it. Like someone had caught it way like, off. Way yeah, somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I think that's what I was hoping for when I got the letter back where I was like, oh, yeah, let's see, this is going to be cool, this fish. Like, even if it was, like, yeah. it was caught in Georgetown or, you know, somewhere like, yeah, like, oh, it's moved. Let me know it's yeah. traveled. Yeah, yeah no, this motherfucker is a homebody. He's been living in the same oyster wreck, like, pile. And <laughs> yeah. And, and that's not far off biologically. They kind of are homebodies till they get big yeah. enough to migrate and then they go do their bull red thing. Yeah, but, for sure. Um, yeah, that's cool. I like cold season fly lines. I like musky too, Michael. Muskies. You look so hot with those hard man nipples. Yeah, I do keep them hard. I don't know why. I don't know what she has to say, but I don't. She yeah. just says her thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think musky fishing though was good because it was cold, but you're casting so much, you kind of get to stay warm. Yeah, you know, like when you get in that groove, it doesn't really matter how cold it is. Yeah, you're kind of fixed up and ready to rock until you put your damn hands in the water to hold that fish. That's just that's why, man. Like I used to fish back home in the mountains. We fished delayed harvest a lot in the winter, you know. 
Um, and, you know, it'd be cold as hell up there. And, yeah, delayed harvest fishing ain't exactly hard, so you're catching a lot of trout, but, like, you're constantly dipping your hands in there and, like, eventually... Delayed harvest ain't exactly hard. <laughs> so by the end of the song. day, you're just like, I'm over it. I don't want to do this. I'm fucking cold. <laughs> How about that now? That's what I call fly time music. Ooh, that's a hot banging tracks, man. I had no idea that even existed. I know. Well, we tend to find a lot of products here that want to advertise that are not very yeah. well known. I think there's a part two of that coming up later. Yeah, there is. It was a two-part commercial they sent us, so... Hey. Well, let's four. Should we phase out of this one? Yeah, let's phase out. out. We're feeling good about this. I'm, I'm feeling fine. And then we'll uh, I'm gonna text uh, Rob and get a confirmation. And he's giving me the thumbs up here, saying he's ready. So we'll go. All right, we'll be right back. Yeah. Owning the world's greatest love songs by the greatest voices of our time. In a once in a lifetime collection. Time Life Music presents the Ultimate Love Songs Collection. 36 beautiful songs I to love, by all our favorite artists. Have I told you lately that I love you? Rod Stewart, Have I Celine Stewart. Dion, Phil Collins, Gloria Estefan. There's shit in the Adams. Get the ultimate love songs collection on 2C. Plugged into the thing, so you ain't getting no sound off the soundboard right now, Michael. That's why you didn't hear any. Clap. I saw you. I saw you push something, and then it didn't happen. All right, give a little intro. Yeah, I'm gonna get a little bit, and I'll just let Rob do the yeah. most of it. So uh, we're gonna call. Well, there's two people gonna be on the line. It's gonna be Rob <laughs> and his wife Chandra. Uh, they are the Rummels. Um, as we kind of mentioned earlier, the they live down in Isla Morada. Um, we'll let them kind of talk about that. Uh, they're from Missouri, or at least they were in Missouri for a while. And, uh, yeah, they're big fly fishermen. Uh, Chandra helps run a lot of the tournaments down there. Big involvement in that whole Keys uh, tournament slash tarpon fishing scene that's going on. They fish with a lot of the big-name guys that you know and love. And um, they're honestly just two of the nicest, you know, people I've met in a long time, and they're really cool. So we're going to talk to them uh, about a lot of things. And, uh, yeah, go from there. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it. This is Rob. Hey, Rob. What's up, man? It's Mike. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Good, Hang good. On a second. Let me get to see if I can get you hooked up on the on the car here. Oh, or, oh, yeah. Oh, we're Bluetoothing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me see what I can do here. All right. That's fine. Uh, are you hearing us okay on our end? Because we kind of jerry So far, so good. Hang on just a second. There we go. Yeah. 
We're off to a good start then. <laughs> all right. We got you. We just got you on speaker. Cool. All right. All right. So I kind of say hi to Hot Rod. Oh, Hot Rod. What's up? How are you, girl? Hey, guys. Hey, hey. Hey. We got Paul and Mike coming in, coming in hot to the Hot Rod. <laughs> What's going on, guys? <laughs> nothing, nothing. We just uh, sitting down, having a little chat. We haven't done this in a while. So, um, yeah, so we just call. I kind of gave a loose intro uh, earlier about how I kind of knew you guys. And, um, I mean, just your names, essentially, is about all I've given the people. But uh, if you guys want to just kind of introduce yourselves and, you know, what you do and what, what you're about, and um, we'll take it away from there. I got to talk about a lot of things. All right. Well, uh Rob Rummel and Chandra Rummel. Uh, we live in Isla Mirada and uh, working fish down here. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> oh, hey, the facts are I'm the facts. I'm kind of shy. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, so we'll just, I'll get you started. So, like, I know you guys um, aren't from the Keys, but uh, how did you guys find yourselves in the Keys? Uh, not a lot of people find a way to live there permanently. It's a tough place to make a living. Um, so how'd you guys find yourself there? Yeah, it's a, it's a work hard, play hard situation down here. Um, I think anybody that live in, you know, we have, we always fish live in cool places, right? Like everybody wants to be where the fish are. So it's a catch 22 down here for sure. So, um, we, by stroke of the universe and the work hard, play hard mentality, like, you know, um, we got lucky. Yeah, we got lucky. Like we, it's a, it's a, like you know anybody down here that that or you know that lives in places where you know people travel to fish or you know those special spots. It's a it's a work hard, play hard situation. So we're pretty lucky that we have a setup where we get to work hard and play hard. You know, and a lot of people. It's a seasonal situation down here, um, so we get to take advantage of it. You know, when it's hot, and then time off is spent fishing it's pretty rad yeah how long have y'all called it permanently home compared to visiting it all the time then finally pulling the trigger and moving there this was uh, this is our 13th year uh we yeah this is uh, 13 years now and yeah man we just got lucky we were just the right place at the right time you know knew the right people at the right time and we had an opportunity but we talked about moving down here for a long time Um, I've been fishing down here since the nineties, since the early nineties, and I've been looking for a way to get down here. And, uh, you know, I, I never saw myself living in the keys, but I certainly saw myself or we saw ourselves living in South Florida somewhere. And this opportunity came up and we just jumped on it Yeah, and pretty much put everything we got into it. Awesome. Well, and I know you guys are, you came originally from uh, Missouri, correct? And, uh, so, um, what was the transition like, you know, cause once again, the keys are a, a special place, but they're a weird place, uh, full of interesting characters. Um, how was that transition for you guys? Did you guys find it pretty smooth or was there kind of a, uh, a, a, a you know, a learning curve there, I should say. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta sit quietly and look around for a minute yeah. and ease into it, uh-huh. you know, but it's like paddling out to a surf spot in a way, you know, I mean, you just got to keep your eyes down and like not get in the way. Uh-huh. But again, we got really lucky. Um, we met a couple of people here 
right off the bat, made very good friends with them, and it opened a lot of doors for us. Well, first of all, it was like, we're moving to the Keys, and I look at Rummel, and I'm like, Here, here's here's the boat budget, just figure it out. You know, <laughs> Like you learn really quick that you, if you, if there's not what call it constant water access, like this place becomes different. You know what I mean? Like it, it, that's a whole, you got to think about, it's a whole world that you don't have an opportunity to explore if you don't have the right machine. If you For get sure. landlocked down here, like you get weird, everything gets weird if yeah. you don't get out in the water enough, you know? So yeah, I'm sure priorities know. totally get flip flopped when you, yeah, look, right. You know, totally like, different deal get us a boat immediately you know like it was it was super fun so it was instant transition from you know what john boat situation to like you know find a skiff the whole deal so it was it was fun and it happened fast and that's cool yeah yeah and well and i know rob before um before you guys lived down there or or, or soon thereafter when you got there you spent a lot of time up in the everglades proper um, exploring that area and doing a lot of fishing in there. In fact, the first time me and you met was in a bug tent in Flamingo, um, yeah. in the off season. Um, so, uh, you know, kind of tell me about that. Like what, what, what brought you to the Everglades the first couple of times and what kept you coming? And, you know, um, I'd like to hear about it, man. I know you know more about that place than pretty much anybody I've ever personally spoken with. So I'd love to hear it. Well, uh, man, it's, really started for me like back i saw so my i saw a movie that i think i can't remember who did it but it was Stu apt and anyway um i would come down and fish key west with a buddy of mine a lot and i was dirtbag and didn't really pay for it he was just a buddy of mine and he hurt his back had to quit guiding and i was like what the fuck am I going to do? I, I have to be able to do this. And so I started researching, you know, <clears throat> the interior of the Everglades where you could take a s- smaller John boat and get out there. And so I cocked up this crazy idea, found out about the chicky system and researched all that. And we, me and three buddies came down with a White River John boat and a Ginu on top of my van and went back there for seven days and got our asses kicked, but were able to catch some tarp, you know, on our own. And it's, I don't know, it's really special. It's a, it's a neat place. There's so much to it and there's so many little nooks and crannies you can get into and find places that, you know, maybe somebody's never even fished before, you know, even now. And so any chance we get, that's kind of what we do. We're, we're up there a lot. So we're that, really that's lucky. your favorite place to fish living there? Like if you can take two or three days to go somewhere, that's probably going to be it. Yeah. You know, to see, it depends on the season though. Yeah. You know, like in the summertime, I'd rather be down in the lower keys cause there's not a lot happening up there. Gotcha. Um, you know, it's a, it's a seasonal thing. It has its seasons. Um, you know, you can go up there and catch fish year round, but you know, for like, uh, there's, there's times where you want to be back there and there's times where you kind of don't. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. I've been there when I didn't want to be there. Um, yeah, so right. I know, I know a little bit about that. Yeah. 
So um, speaking of the Glades, I know that there's been a kind of a lot of big changes here this year, a lot of uh, winds, if you will, conservation-wise, um, with the water situation. Um, I mean, I, I, I read what I read here on the news, but uh, you guys are a little closer to that. Um, what have you guys kind of uh, seen so far in the movement towards this whole water correction situation? Uh, you know, I see a lot of hope. I see a lot of pe- a lot more people talking about it than there used to be, which is great. Um, and but anything that happens in P- F- South Florida, I tend to be kind of uh, anything that's happening politically. It, you it just you become skeptical after a while. Yeah. Um, but I do see a lot of hope and I see a lot of people, um, coming together and I think that's important. I think it's really good. Um, but I do, there's a part of me that, and I hate to say it, but there's a part of me that thinks that, you know, I don't want to be doom and gloom, but there's a part of me that thinks the damage is really done. Yeah. Yeah. And And it's up to us to enjoy what's left of it. Um, and I'm, you know, like I see things that, that are, you know, bright, bright spots. It's a preserve at this point kind of situation. Yeah, I feel yeah. like, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's, it used to just in the short time we've been here, the, it's, it's gone from like, oh shit to, oh shit. A lot of people, we're all together saying like, oh shit, okay, we're, if we're all saying this together and we're all at least like, all right, let's, let's call this a starting point, you know, like it's, it's kind of hard to have the like, it can be reversed discussion, but let's have a, let's have a preserved at this point discussion too, you know, so there's, it's, it's a, there's a lot of hope there. I really yeah, basically so. make the best okay. out of it at this point. Like what else, exactly. what else are you going to do? I mean, yeah, exactly. The voice is louder now than it ever has been, you know? So let's, let's, you yep. know, let's, let's keep beating the drum. Let's yeah, keep it everywhere though. Everywhere. Like it's not singular to down here. You guys know that yeah. it's, it's everywhere. Well, I mean, so. I've spent the last, I don't know how many years now traveling down there to fish those waters. I mean, I feel some responsibility to, to do what yeah. I can from afar. If I'm going to yeah. continue to enjoy that resource, I need to do my part to protect it. And I try to tell everybody I can think of to tell them and, um, you know, I do what I can calling who right. I can and writing letters to who I can and all that. But, right. um, you know, I, yeah, I just finished reading that book. I'm sure you guys have read it. The, the swamp, which is basically kind of like the whole history of politics and the Everglades. Um, yeah. and that was like a real eye opening book. It blew my yeah, mind. Yeah. That's probably what did it. <laughs> that's probably what did it. That'll lead you down a lot of whacked out rabbit holes that are true. It's crazy. Like it's, yeah. it, it, you get sort of overwhelmed. So all you can have is like hope and you know, here we are now. Let's make sure that it doesn't get any worse. Absolutely. Uh, well, all right. Well, I got my fingers crossed, man. I'd love to like, I mean, I think it's still a great, it's still one of the best places in the world to go fishing in my opinion. However, if it could, if it could, <laughs> yes, yeah, if it could get better, I'll take that too. It's cool. <laughs> cool. So, um, and while we got you on here, Chandra, um, so you're involved in a lot of, well, a, a few of the tournaments down there. Um, you want to talk a little bit about that, like the tournaments you're involved in, how you got involved in them, like what that's like for you? Uh, you, you know, honestly, it's another sort of luck situation. You know, like I was talking about, I think we've had this conversation before, you know, it was a, 
just by virtue of living here and, and sort of the, you know, just the capacity and the smallness of town, you know, it's, there's only so many things to do, you know, when it comes to, you know, everybody down here has a side hustle type deal. So, um, you know, I worked in the fly shop a little bit and, you know, kind of looked at the tournament situation and met my Betty, my buddy, Betsy. It's a mouthful. And, um, kind of saw what yeah. she did. And I was like, Oh, oh okay. Bullard, Betsy Bullard, Betsy Bullard. That's yeah. the one. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it, it seemed like an opportunity, you know, to kind of, you know, not work at the fly shop, but still kind of keep my toe in sort of the fishing community. Like I said, there's kind of two things to do down here. You either fish or, you know, whatever, drink, drink you know, so yeah. it, it, you know, it was a good way to sort of stay connected and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a side hustle. It's a gig. How long have you, um, how long have you been doing that? Um, what, like three years now? Yeah. I, Irma was such a like psycho situation, uh, like you know, we'll drag that out five years for everybody. But yeah, I think three years now. Gotcha. Um, so you know, it's just it's fun. It's good. It's just a it's it's it's. I'm lucky to live in such a small community where I'm able to, you know, do that. You know, it's it's you know, it goes hand in hand with what I do as well. I just it's you know. Throw Perfect. the event, make sure everybody's good, keep everybody happy, and stay up on all the gossip. Mm-hmm. And you're good to go. <laughs> Absolutely. It is, it is Isla Madrama after all, right? Like yeah. you gotta well, you gotta live it. Well speaking of the drama, I mean you guys said you you know, you keep saying you got lucky, which is which is true, I'm sure. But yeah. Um you know, you guys are also the right type of people um to fit into a community like that where like, you know, it's world famous for fishing, but it's also world famous for some pretty gnarly, salty fishing guides. Um, and you guys now are friends with and fish with a lot of those guys, um, and gals. So like, how, how is that? Like, you know, like I hear Rob, you know, keep your head down in the lineup kind of deal, but like, uh, and, and, and talking with you guys, like we come down, you guys are, are exactly what we want. Like we're very much, we do it on our own. I would never ask Rob for a spot, but I know if I ask Rob the right questions, like, hey, I'm looking at this type of bottom and this type of bank. Should I be looking at this or that? You're going to help me. So um, how did you guys get in there and, you know, become what you are in that community? Like, you guys are a pretty big staple now. You talk to any of the big names down there, they're like, they know the Rummels. You guys are the Rummels. So um, how was that? It's very- uh, I. I think by doing exactly what you just said, <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's a strange question to answer. Cause yeah. you just, you, you answered it already. Like I'm bad at that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't mean it like that. I just, it's, uh, you just, you just know good people. And like most of the people that can sort of hack it down here are good people. You know, like it's a tiny place. Like yeah. I always tell people that, or we tell people that, or it's, it's literally about like you're like asking to move in or whatever, you know, like you got to prove like you're a good roommate or you, you just got to be like a good person or. Yeah. And, and like, you know, a lot of people have this idea that in it, I think it is true to some degree where someone like the keys, if you're a guide or someone that moves down there as an angler, Oh, it's cutthroat. Everyone's going to hate you, but it's probably only cutthroat. Everyone's going to hate you if you're an asshole, <laughs> you know, and if you're a good person and like, you kind of like stay on the sidelines and, like you're saying, kind of just listen and maybe not talk at the wrong times. You're eventually going to be brought into that crowd, and and they're going to like you, and they're going to 
you're gonna it's gonna reward you with being in the know down there. So that's probably Yeah, I feel like you just there's a lot of earn earn respect down here type situation. Yeah, for sure. I think I'm doing a lot of talking. My husband's <clears throat> nodding his head, I think. That's, yeah, that's right. good. That's fine. This is exactly like hanging out with you guys on the back porch down there. Like it's yeah. That's what we said. I was like, <laughs> dude, I was like, we should just like we're just hanging out on the porch, like talking to Mike. Like it's normal. <laughs> you know, like whatever. Yeah. Well I might get to see you guys and hang out a little bit. Um I'm planning possibly two runs this year. Um the old Glades crew. How's the boat? Oh, I'm working, man. I'm working. I've got it. Like she's supposed to be getting color this week. I've got the platforms and all yeah. welded up. We've got uh, yeah. all the body work done. I'm supposed nice. to get color on her a new non-skid this week. Supposed to, but it's been moving kind of slow. And then uh, I have to buy a whole new motor because I couldn't. That 90 was shot, so yeah. I scrapped it. I'm just putting an F70 on the back. I'm putting a brand new motor on it. Um, and then of course all the wiring, rigging, plumbing, every screw, nut, and bolt that I took out has to go back in. Um, I don't nah, think just a bilge pump. Yeah. Just one bilge pump. That's it. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, whenever, uh, but whenever I get that done, I don't think, so I'm thinking we're coming down maybe in February. Um, the, cool. fe- the February run would be to, to Mingo and it would only be, well, we would be coming for a specific reason that depends on weather and water temperature. So, uh, yeah. either that's going to work out or it won't, but I'm definitely already got the house booked in May. So mid May, I think right yeah, before yeah. one of the tournaments, I can't remember which one. Uh, we'll be down there a little further south, but either way, uh, potentially right see you guys once or maybe twice this year. That could be cool. Yeah, cool, man. But, Good. Uh, Looking forward to it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like I said, February may or may not happen. Just like I said, if the weather's not what we want to see, we're probably not going to roll. Uh, but May's yeah. happening regardless. So okay. we'll see. Well, how. if you do come down in February, you get hammered. I got a lot of I've got some new options for you. Okay. Cool. Yeah. There you go. Sound, yeah. Sounds good. I always like that. Well, um, guys, it was it was a pleasure talking to you. I'm glad you took this time out to, to chat with us uh, for our like ten listeners. Um, but yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but yeah, we really appreciate it, man. Love you guys. I uh, hope you're holding up well down there. And yeah, life is great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll keep at it, and then I'll uh, be in touch, man. Maybe February ish. All right. Love you too, man. All right, Thanks Rob. Thanks, y'all. Appreciate yeah, yeah. it so much. Oh, Rob and Shonda Rummel. Later. All right, bye, guys. All right. They're good people. Awesome. The, the Rummels. I got to plug this in so I can get the, the applause. Yeah, yeah. Going. And they're they're super fishy people too, by the way. Like, they're very humble about it. But there it is. Hey, we got it. But, yeah. Oh, Hot Rod, man. She'll outfish a lot of the dudes. She weighs like 75 pounds soaking wet. She's a tiny little thing. But she will stab a tarpon in his face. Stab a tarpon <laughs> in their face. Yeah. I know uh, Alexandra, Alexandra Nicole, uh, fished that tournament this year. Yeah. I think she did last year too. I think she did it a couple times. And there's someone else I'm trying to thank you. But uh, I wonder. In I, I wish I would have thought of this earlier. Like I wonder if there's a lot of repeat women that do that every year. Kind of like the Gold Cup, where it's hard to get in that, or if you get a lot of fallout where. There's five open spots this year. Yeah. I, I would imagine, let's just say, the 20 women in that tournament are probably all pretty badasses. Unless, oh, yeah. Unless you get some fallout or you get some new girls. Because it might take four or five years to get good at that tournament. You know, like yeah. it would be anyone to get good at any certain tournament like that. Well, I know Baker Bishop's mom used to fish it, but she's got to be getting up there now. So she'd probably be one of the old guard uh, that doesn't probably fish anymore. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I know, you know, with the guy with the men's tournament, you get like those staple few that are like your perennial 
your Baker Bishops, your Thanes, yeah. your, you know, Deleuze, like guys that come in and you know they're going to be there and they're highly competitive and, you know, and then I'm sure there's like a bottom tier of guys that kind of rotates through, like, you know. Yeah. I think, I mean, probably like anything else, like I think if you go in, there's probably two different schools of thought. Like <clears throat> if you're going in every year and like you're competing and you're, you're, you're hitting the top of the rack every year, you're more likely to keep coming back because yeah. you're competitive. Whereas if you're spending that much money and you're just, you know, well, hanging all, out. I've also heard the old the old thing where I've got someone covering me this year. Yeah. And they didn't get to get back in. That guy's like, no. Like, I, yeah. You know, you can it's find someone now. to replace you, but I've heard those stories don't happen very yeah. good endings, if you will. Well, yeah, because the guy that gets replaced, he don't want to give it up. He's uh, been waiting years to Unless they're real good buddies where it's like you'll do every other year or something. Yeah. Well, let's let's end this and come back. Uh, I think we're going to talk to old Johnny Red William, Johnny Red Williamson. Yeah, yeah, Williamson. And maybe uh, hear a little social media social media talk. Yeah, we'll chat a little bit. All right, we'll be right back. All right, here's words from our sponsors. First half of the show is going by pretty quick, guys, but we want to remind you of the new CD coming out now. That's what I call fly tying music with hits from your favorite bands like Who Flies Ti- Who Flies Your Tie, The Ben Backs, and this new hot one from The Poon Daddies. The top one's gonna jump. got more hot bands from the world of fly tying the crazy charlies and mad mike and the mylar crabs and the latest here zap the gap top the crabs got legs i know how to tie them the crabs got legs maybe a permanent bottom wow and that's not all, folks. We're coming back in with the uh, cockroaches and this one from the Clipped Buoys. It's a new preview of the new That's What I Call Tarpon Music coming at you here. When I'm a... Sorry, take two. <laughs> when I'm a running, I see you casting at what looks like fish. I'm coming over, get too close, and yet you're gonna get pissed. I'm gonna take your spot, yeah. Gonna take your spot right out from your nose. Oh, 
that's a good one there, man. Maybe we can get him on the next album uh, with the old. Now that's what I call. Yeah. You know, fly fishing mm-hmm. music. That'd be, that'd be uh, fly rod. Uh, that. Now that's what I call fly rod music. Yeah, that's what I call fly rod music. I like it. Got to be a cane <laughs> pole of music in there somewhere. Yeah, man, I like it. Oh well, well we had a good little section there. So now we got what's this guy's name again? So Red. Sonny Red Williamson. Now he got Williamson's son. He Williamson reminded me son. that there is an extra son at the end. Yeah, he reminds he, us I don't, a lot Maybe of he's saying Williamson's son. Like maybe Williamson's son. Well, I'm thinking he might just be saying. It's Sonny Red Williamson, son. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was Sun Sun. Yeah, I don't know. But hey, we'll whatever. find out. He's going to tell oh, us all about it. He's, he's a talkative old guy. Oh, all right, let me go grab him. All right, all right. Sonny, come on in. Yeah, I'm coming. Ah, <laughs> uh, boys. Hey, how we doing there? Hey, how are you, man? I, 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 well, we only got all one right. microphone over there, so Paul can't get in here, but yeah. it's just me and you. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. What was that now? What What do you mean? What was that? I didn't quite hear you, son. Oh, I'm sorry. Was I not talking loud enough? I right, I can I can talk loud. Trust me. Okay. All right. So uh, so. Uh, well, it's good to be here. Yeah, it's, it's good really to have good you. To be here. It's good to have you. I'm losing my voice a little bit, so just don't mind that too much. Oh, we don't so. care. It's all right. There, this Sonny. Charleston's a pretty place, so my grandson's sons live here. Okay. So I'm here visiting them and just seeing how things are going. And your great grands, then, huh? Well, I, I have. I used to fish with a guy down in Florida. Oh, okay. Down, now that's where I'm from, down in the Keys. We, okay, you we invented fly fishing down there, and uh, we used to fish with the greats. Uh, my my friend, old, have you ever heard of Stu Apter? Uh, Stu App, yeah, I have heard. Stu After and I used to fish. We used to get out there at seven in the mornings, real early. Yeah, that's seven early. Seven in the morning. After just a good old cup of coffee and some crackers. Well, you gotta have a good breakfast. That's what we had for breakfast: crackers and coffee. Okay. We get out there when the sun was coming up about eight fifteen. Sun comes up that and late. We we get huh? down there and we we'd head south and. We yeah, back then there was no one out there. I bet not a single damn boat. Old Stu gets up there, and one time he came out with some metal tubes and a and a welding gun, <laughs> and I had this big old metal plate, and I said, "Stu's, what you Why, doing? Why'd you have a metal plate, a welding gun? We and just carried tubing. a lot of stuff in our skiffs back. Uh, okay, then. yeah, I guess back we then. had tanks back then, Michael. Yeah, it was different. We carried sure. everything. You'd find things on islands and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And we, we, I said, Stu's, let's chop that big old metal pole in half. And then we chopped those halves in halves. And we had four metal poles. And I had this big metal plate. And I said, let's put that above the engine. So you, you, you invented see. the polling platform. We invented the polling platform, and the rest is history. I thought you know. I thought old Bob Hughes brought that out. I thought that was oh, his game. Oh, Bob Hughes, that old bastard! No, sir. Okay. We don't. Okay. We don't even pretend to like even know who Bob Hughes is down oh, there. Hey, he I'm come sorry. in from New Jersey, coming on in here with his graphite stiff and that stuff and this and that. We said, listen. You know the rest is history. You know what I'm talking about. I, yeah, I, I guess I do now. I, I, crackers and coffee. That's what we had is for that, breakfast. Is that Michael. why they call y'all Florida crackers? Is that is that where that That's came it. from? That's it. You uh, damn right. Yeah, so I always thought it was something different. One but, time, that makes more sense. One time, 
Tom McLane and I were out there Tom on the water. McGlane? McLane. McLane. Okay, I don't know him. That's what he called. That's he. His name is Tom McLane. Okay. And we went out there in a big old huge boat. Now we. I stole, thought you didn't like you. We don't like Bobby. <laughs> but we stole his boat. Okay. Michael. Okay. Okay. We came out there. We crank. We hand crank that thing. I don't mean with this with the string. We went in to open that engine. We started those pistons <laughs> and we would crank them pistons. We got that engine going on Tommy and I. That's hard to do, man. The That's breeze and the sun was coming up at nine fifteen in the morning. We came and we went to our spot, and Michael, if I didn't tell you 5,000 topping were swimming by, I'd be lying to you. I heard there was a lot more numbers back in them days. I would have loved to have seen it. I would have. Well, no, we counted them. Oh, individually. Like, I'm not <laughs> just saying. You had a clicker a, or something, or you just kept a, it in your head? We we clicked it. We okay. Clicked it. All right. And that, that day, now that day, what we did is I started, part of that boat started unraveling. In this material that boat was made of, I started rolling it up, and I put some glue on it. Next thing you know, the first graphite fly rod. <laughs> Boats are made out of fiberglass. It was fiberglass. Right? It was fiberglass. Okay, That's I was going to say, I never seen no graphite. I never seen no graphite Don't you backtalk me, boy. I'm sorry, sir. I wasn't trying to talk bad to my elders. Now, have you ever caught a topping with a steel rod? No, I have not. They weigh about five pounds. Well, I bet. just heave that fly line out there. Now... One time, oh Gary Merriman, Merriman, sorry, Merriman and I, we was out there in 1977. He had this fly called the Top and Toad. That far back? Wow. Yeah, boy, we were throwing that thing left and right. We couldn't catch a damn fish on that damn thing. So what we did is I reached into my 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 thing thingy thing, my my hatch. Your, oh, your hatch in okay. my boat. I kept toads in that thing. Like real toads. Yeah, real toads. And we put a damn hook on that thing. We threw a real toad in the water. We caught a damn topping. And ever since then, what Gary's been doing, he's been throwing a toad leg on that damn toad fly. And something about that toad blood just... The topping love it. They can't keep it. They can't. They can't keep it alone, man. I tell you what. Tarping like the toad blood, then, huh? That's okay. I, I. all right. Yeah, you think it's funny? No, I, I just it's I've never done it. That's all. I, you know, it's something I haven't tried yet. But so one time, one time, old Teddy and I, old Teddy Williamson. Okay, yeah. We was down there fishing with Stu one time, and we we left the the marina, and we went out there, and old Stu had a big old bottle of Jack Daniel whiskey. Drinker was he? Well, we all were. Yeah, we all were. We yeah. went out there and got all drunk up, and came back about. Three in the afternoon, right when the sun was going down, and that's awful early. <laughs> that's how we did it, Michael. I don't know okay. how you do it now. I don't either. But we know you best get in at three thirty for dinner. Oh. Supper time be coming at three thirty if you ain't in. So we we got blah, blah, back on the got all got drunk up and stuff, and came on in there, and we sat on that dock till the next morning when the sun was coming up at eight oh seven. It's a really and short we day. went straight out. <laughs> We went back out there, and you know the rest of the story. I don't need to tell you. I don't know that I do. I'm not. I'm it's not. in the history books. It's in the Fly Fishing Hall of Fame. You go look it up. All right, you look I'll, up I'll, Stu Apt and old Sonny Red Williamson. Son, <laughs> and old. <laughs> yeah, I think you had Teddy Williams with you that time, or was it? We had Teddy, the splendid splinter. 
Oh, my Lord. He's a good old boy. He's kind of an asshole, but a good old boy. So what do you guys do around here? Enough about me. We're redfish, mostly, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, shit. We do a lot of redfishing in the That's grass. That's why they call me red. I don't have red hair. It's white now, but it used to be blonde. But have you ever heard the story about me and a redfish? I have not. I would love to. Well, one time we went out top and fishing in the glades, okay? just You can see it now. The sun's coming up. Those mangroves about 11 or 3. <laughs> and the tide was just about right. And I threw a fly with a steel rod, a steel fly rod. This is back in 57. Oh, Lord. And I was casting that top, and this big old redfish, 63-pound redfish, came and ate that fly ahead of that top, and and they both jumped. Redfish jump. I've seen it. This redfish jumped the top and was jumping. They was fighting each other all the way to the boat. They both jumped up on the boat. And the redfish hit me in the head and knocked me out for seven days. Seven, that's a coma, Red. That's, not, that's well, not getting knocked out. I stayed on the boat for seven days and drifted <laughs> off to shore to Japan. I was all the way in Japan. I went around South America. As the, the, the drift, the current takes you all the way to Japan, and they found me in Japan. That's a wild story. Next I, thing you know, I was in the Korean War. <laughs> Well, that would have been about seven years before, but you get the idea. I told you you knew that story. I did. I had, I think I'd heard that one. That was, uh, yeah, pretty quick uh, transit. Well, there. I got to go. Yeah, I I'll do you. I appreciate y'all okay. letting me sit here. And well, it's, a lot of, it's just a damn good time. It's 4.45, so it's damn near midnight, according to your time. There was, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's getting supper time. I, yeah. saw, I met a fella out there named Richard Queso. Sounds like he's getting all excited. Yeah, Queso shows up occasionally when we do these shows. I don't know how he knows we're doing well, it. Well, thank but. you so much. Yeah, buddy. It's nice meeting you, Red. You have you a just, good day. Be you careful. You get my book and read all those things again. I and, feel like I have to now. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to need to It's do called that. Red Does It Again and Won't Do It Again. <laughs> okay, Red. Okay. See y'all later. Thank you. All right, Paul. I'll be Red. I'm back. Yeah. Oh, you're right there. Okay. What the hell was that, Paul? I don't know, but let's just get queso in here. Yo, you left me with that. The man, the sun comes up at 11 o'clock in the glades, apparently. Mail sack. Why is there? All right, let me get out of the way. Mail sack. Mail sack. Let's all go inside. Mail sack, mail sack. Why is there hair in this mail sack? Mail sack, mail sack. It's fans and the mail sack fans and all the fans of the Bella hey, Live podcast. Oh, Paul, look at you, Paul. How are you, Paul? Now, since we haven't done one of these in a while, I've had a few people asking, not where's Barely Live, but where's that Richard Queso? Give me the, some of that Queso. Look, Queso loving coming at you. Well, I can tell you about where Rich Queso has been. Richard Queso has been under the weather. I have had the COVID seven times, Paul. Seven times. I, I, seven times. Seven Seven times. So I kind don't of like a seven understand. times charm thing. I gather they keep coming out with a new variant. It's like an iPhone. Every time one comes out, I gotta go get it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and every time it just gets a little worse, a little worse. I just hack in a coffin back there in the trailer. Yep. It's just it's really hard to get anything done. You know, no uh, fun. It's terrible. It's terrible. But how you been, Paul? You good? <laughs> you doing okay? You got the babies and stuff now? Got the babies. Got the babies. Sorry, Doug, in here. Yeah, well, I heard Doug had the COVID. I don't need it again. I think eight times. My two, that might be too many. I no, think, that's too many. You don't want yeah, it. Yeah, I, I need to stay away from people like Doug with his COVID and stuff. <laughs> his vids. Yeah, with his vids. Well, yeah, it's really nice. The Moxillarium is nice. It's cold outside, but it's nice this in here. Nice. Yeah, you know, you got to keep it warm and 
got all the sunlight and stuff. What'd you guys do today? I thought an old grumpy man leaving. There was, I think he said his name was Blue or something, was it? Um, <laughs> Sonny Red. Oh, Red. Okay, I knew what the color is on Sonny Red Williamson. He said he knew you. Yeah, he's one of the Roy G. Bibbs. It's okay. Yeah, I didn't know him so much. He he seemed kind of grumpy, but he said something about the sun was setting and yeah, you know, he had I to get know. on for supper. Yeah, supper time. Yeah, I don't want me to throw up. And now, speaking of which, what if Mike's got anything in the refrigerator out there? I'm I bet he does. Where are you living right now? Uh, you know, here and there behind the gas stations and stuff. You know, wherever I can plug the trailer in. I was back here with Mike, but his neighbor caught me, and then they it was the whole thing. And just I got gotcha. you. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. But I'm looking forward to doing some fishing and, you know, working on some new product. You know, oh, uh, you do? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I don't want to talk too much about them because, you know, okay. they're, they're really new. And I'm still working out some allergic reactions on a couple okay. of them. But, sure. you know, I, I'm big into homeopathic medicine. Uh-huh. Turns out coon claw powder does not cure COVID. Don't ask yeah. me how I know. Uh, but, you know, we, we've been working on some stuff, you know. So, you know. Well, I got a little right letter now? here from someone asking oh. a question. Ooh, I love my family. Let's talk about it. What's happening? From Chris Rison. Chris Rison. Okay, I like. If it. you're on a desert island, stranded, uh huh, with one last meal, because yeah. the, the the world's going to end tomorrow, uh huh. Possum or raccoon? Well, it depends on like anything. Theo, are these free range organic possums and raccoons? Is this a raccoon from behind the Chinese restaurant in Charleston, or does it live out in France, Mary, and eating you know crowd bottom level, stuff? just bottom level oh, right. on this island? They're probably organic. Okay, that's true. If they come from the island, they probably ain't been behind the Chinese restaurant. If I, if that's the case, so uh, you know it, it's personal preference. But for me, I'm a coon man. Okay, I, I you know possum. Are just just a little too greasy, and okay. I'm getting old, Paul. Like in my, my good for homeopathic purposes. They are. There are lots of the oils and the essential oils and the essential possum oil is very good for certain things, but the the meat can be a little bit greasy, and yeah. I, I just don't tolerate grease that well. My gallbladder just ain't doing its thing much anymore. So, um, coon for me all day, please. Thank all right, you. I got one more. Go for it. I from like Jake it. Morris. Ooh, hi Jake. How we doing, Richard? Fly fish or die? Well, that's a pretty stupid question. Uh, I don't want to die. I mean, you know, Richard Gaither wouldn't exactly the best fly fisherman in the world, but if you put a gun to my head and say fly fish or die, I'm going fly fish. Yeah. So that was, okay. that's a really dark well, I can't question. help. That's the question we got. Okay. Well, I will fly fish, please. Don't. No, <laughs> no dying. No dying for Richard Gaither. Well, Paul's got to go. Well, Paul's got to go pick up the baby, so I guess that's the show, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's quick. It's quick and fast. But we're going to do it every month now? Is that what the yeah. email thing yeah. I got on the, the well, was it my we email? Ast- I think we did establish next month. Okay, cool. I forget what it is, but well, we'll figure it out. Oh, I'll just hack into Mike's email like always and figure it out. It's okay. All right. Well, we love y'all. We'll see you later. I got to get outside and make sure nobody towed my trailer. Mail sack. Mail sack. Why is there hair in this mail sack? Mail sack. Mail sack. Let's all go inside. Mail sack. Mail sack. Why is there hair in this mail sack? Mail sack. Mail sack. Richard. All right, well, we did it. We uh, did. Not bad for a two-man show, I think, you know. No, it is what it is, you know. I mean, and sorry I got to rush it, but I got to pick up the baby. Hey, Five. you didn't rush it, Paul. I think we still got like a solid hour or more recording. Well, I would say it's more than an hour. Yeah. Don't matter. 
What's that fiddle music? I don't have. You got all the hookups, Paul. <laughs> it's like it's symphony meets our intro. So it's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, I don't. I was like, you literally have all the controls. I'm not. I'm not in charge of anything. All right. Well, till next time. Till next time, guys. It was nice. Thanks, Thank everyone. You. Bye.